welcome to episode 106 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! <laughs> oh, hi. hi! How are you? Hi! I mean, how are you? I mean, we're camera ready! We are camera ready! Here we are. Oh! <laughs> And I'd like to introduce my Christmas tree. It will be joining <laughs> us until March, probably. Oh, so we have uh, to have it till March. We do, because every that's year... That's what it's been. It's been, uh, yeah. I, I don't take my Christmas tree down at, at, ever, ever. It takes a long time. And last year, I don't know if you remember, but last year I, <laughs> I meant to take my tree out in dark, the darkness, because I didn't want anybody <laughs> to see how embarrassing it was that I was taking my tree out so late, but I didn't. There was a whole soccer game going on across the street, and I opened the door. <laughs> I just fucking gave it a kick out the door, and the, oh there was a God. lady who laughed so fucking hard I could hear her across the street, and I was like, fuck it, it's March, I can't who take cares? it anymore. Who Listen, cares? My favorite thing ever is being in another room and hearing like ornaments just drop because the tree's yes, dying. The tree, that <laughs> it's happened. Last that was leg. happening. I took all my shit down and. It took so long. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I know, you put it up and you're like, yay! And then yeah. it, uh, no one helps you take it down. Well, no. speaking of Christmas, are you ready to open a Christmas present? <laughs> I forgot! It's only been two years. But I got, I got all the presents, Tina. Here's one present. Yay! <laughs> and Southgate Adventure Boys. Yes, this supports the the supporting the um, skate park in Africa. Yes, I love this. This is enough. It is not because you got to open it up, Tina. Oh, there's a shirt. I'm so oh, excited. Yes. Let me see. <gasps> <What? laughs> oh my god! Yes, this little bugger took a long time to get here. Is that true? Oh my God, I'm wearing this every day for the rest of my life. (laughs) You know what I love too is that it says Pork Store. So Tina and I started a production company. It's called Pork Store Productions. Pork Store Productions. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my God. This makes me so happy. I know. Because I'm so depressed. I know. Your podcast is over. over. It's over. I'm so sorry. But open up. There's one more thing in there that, that you're going to love. What is this? Oh, sorry. I probably should have. Here, do right there. Okay, okay. Oh. What is this? Okay, help, help. Oh, it's. A- <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Can I pour my coffee in this? Yes, one? yes, yes. <gasps> what in the world? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> this is my life. Every day from now on, <laughs> you have no idea. I can't. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh, Tina! <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I hope it was worth the wait. Yes, <laughs> because you had to wait a long time. No, I'm wearing it every. Here, just put I'm everything out here. Who cares? This oh, table. Fuck yeah. it, Tina. All right. We so don't want to block our view. Yeah, we don't. Wait, want I'm to trying block to do an English. A accent. beautiful I can't face. I'll stick to the Italiano. Hey, I like that. That's a good. <laughs> right, let's do that. Let's do that. Oh um, my God. All right, what do you have? What's going on? What's happening? So the only thing that really stressed me out this week was that whole District 20. Ooh, I can't wait oh for this. God. I cannot because wait. Because I'm stressed out. So I so someone sent me some live Facebook footage of what was happening at one of the poll sites. Oh, please. Are you going to get it? Is Pompano? No, it wasn't Pompano. It was, oh. before, it was before they went to Pompano. Then they went to Pompano okay. to like show support for um, the Democratic candidate that's running mm-hmm. sheila uh, 
McCormick's McCormick's Cerfalesis. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. (laughs) So, this guy, Jason Mariner, is, um, you know, using all of the current news about her and the hiding of the money and all of that. But at at, um, this live Facebook, there was one of the guys, and I've seen him several times. Like, I, I watched the news the other day. My parents had the news on, and... Um, this same guy was like in the background. And so he, he walks up to one of Sheila's poll workers and like kind of puts his arm around her and then flashes the, the white power symbol. Jesus. Yeah. It was great. So I had, I took a screenshot of it and I'm like, this is his poll worker. Like why aren't, that's what the Dems need to be doing is this is who he's aligning himself with. And then I was like, let me just see who this guy is. And he is, um, I had said to Alfredo, I texted him. I said, he is a, um, a douchebag in Trump clothing. Like that's, that's what this guy is. Like he's all American flags everywhere tattooed with like, so like, let's be, to be oh. clear, this is somebody who is supporting the candidate, the Republican candidate for district 20, 20 well, congressional well, this district. This is the, this the is primary. Jason Mariner is the candidate. That's oh. who the Trump guy is. Who, but he's, he's not like, the one slashing, flashing. No, no, no. no. It was no. one of his poll workers yeah. that was. Yeah. Nobody cares about that. Nobody I'm wor- cares. I know, but I'm worried that, that he's going to end up winning. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. this is a democratic stronghold. And what happens if this guy wins? It's because the Democrats are asleep at the wheel and Broward. Well, and we know Florida. that already. I can't stand it. Oh, she's got a lot of money, though. She'll be fine. What's on all that money, though? Six million dollars. And, you know, she's if not. Alleged, and, and I hate, allegedly. And I don't want to be a complete asshole right now because this is going to sound really fucking shitty. But, like, there's no reach out from her campaign to any clubs or caucuses. She's not no. even trying to, like, align herself with any sort yeah, of so the party, who, who, which is okay. It's okay. Yeah. But the reason she's allow- she's able to do that is she's fund- self-funding this fucking campaign with money that nobody knows where the fuck it's from. Yeah. It's a good question. And she's going to go to Congress and nobody knows what's her deal. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a thing. And, and that race had so many people in it. That's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. Well, anyway, it just it just and I'm oh, bored, oh, I'm and bored with that race already. I know. I, and I don't democracy care. is over. And, you know, oh, that's it. okay, 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 okay. This is something I want to talk about <gasps> that I think is super fucking funny. Okay, first of all, I saw a tweet on Twitter because they were doing this January sixth uh, oh, insurrection yeah. celebration. Oh. Can we call it a celebration? Wait, who is celebrating? I feel like the Democrats were celebrating. That's my oh. rant. Is that I oh. feel like the Democrats used. This fucking shitty, horrible thing that happened last year, right? Yeah. Like people tried to overthrow our government. Yeah. These fucking traitors, right? And the de- Democrats this year were like, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's use this as an opportunity to promote how great we are. Okay? Not the president. Okay? Not the president. Because yeah. I feel like his speech was all right. His speech was good. All right. I mean, he- My mother he, is going on and on about this I speech. know. I, th- I well, got wait, it. Former, former, It was good former, tone. Former, yeah. I got it. I got it. Why is Lin-Manuel Miranda- Oh, that, I heard song. that. I heard that. Is why, is, why are we taking a song break, like no, a musical number, no. it needs in to the be, middle of this fucking thing? It, it needs to be, let's call for all of these traitors, these these uh, political electeds yeah. uh, as, as treasonist and get them impeached from their seats. Why don't we start? That's what they should be spending their time on. Yeah. And we don't need to be get rid of acknowledging this day as if it's a day that we're going to you know, stand for democracy when really- no, it, what they're doing is promoting themselves as a party. That's how it came off to me. Yeah. It's like, look at how different we are than Republicans. Look at how different are uh, no, the no, people that we support are. It should have been a day are. of condemning them and saying, why hasn't anyone been brought to justice? That's well, what it should be. Because I mean, there's a handful of them from that day 
who were arrested, who are running for seats. Like, yeah, they're running the for most, seats. Most, they're running for seats. And they're probably the going to get elected. Most of the people who have, who have been arrested are from Florida. Of course, because it's all like, those, <laughs> it has to be like the proud boy people that sent them up yeah, there. Yeah, it's the best. Anyway, here's something else I wanted to tell you is that uh-uh. there's a tweet. There's a tweet um, that George Wallace put up last week that Tina, I am fucking dying. It is so fucking funny. I have to read it to you, but I, to I'm me. telling you, I've tried to read We're gonna it. We're going to cut this out. You guys will see it live. I mean, but it we'll is cut this so out. fucking <laughs> funny. <laughs> Okay, are you ready for this? Are you ready? Yes. Oh my god. No shit, I just lost it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Hillary, you dunce. <gasps> no. Okay, first of all, between every word is like a clap, so he's doing it like this. Duh, 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 right? Uh, so he uh, says, <laughs> Okay. Wizard hats and dunce caps are too similar. <laughs> Okay, already I'm laughing. I'm sick and tired of thinking I'm hanging with a damn wizard, but it turns out to be a dunce. <laughs> and they can barely do a single magic spell and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> How fucking funny is that? Listen. Is that su- funny? We're screwed. Well. We're screwed. But democracy is dead. But how funny is it? Dunce and wizard. Isn't yeah, that hilarious? it's the same. It's the same. Oh, my God. Well, I love him so much. <gasps> well, What else? That's all I have. I just. That's it? Okay. And then today we're going to record with Denise Horland. Part two. Again. I know. She's totally And then that'll come out Friday. (gasps) Yay. So that'll be our first little muck of 2022. I'm so excited. All right. That's it. I need to send muck emails out. Okay. Are you ready? You're first. (gasps) Oh, I'm first. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of Wyatt Outlaw and the Kirk Holden War. This is just another story of how our country has been a dumpster fire from the get-go and how the same white men with their tiny penises destroy <gasps> anything good. <laughs> oh, right. I don't know why Here, penis size has go. to come into it. I don't know why that has to happen, but all right. I mean, yeah. I mean. It's funny. But it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how we can yeah. you know, uh, prove that historically. Mm-hmm. But So Wyatt Outlaw was the first African-American to be appointed town commissioner and constable of Graham, North Carolina in 1869. But when whites objected to being policed by a black man, Mm. the KKK lynched Wyatt, leading to the Kirk Holden War. What the fuck? Yeah, it's an awful story. Tina. Awful story. So our story takes place in Graham, North Carolina, and this is near the center of North Carolina in Alamance County near Burlington. It's small. Um, Currently, there's like 12 to 15,000 people, and it's known for like, factory work like plastics and stuff like that and it's sort of suburban-ish it's kind of rural but it's a suburban area <laughs> the sorry. cats going know, I'm wild sorry. i'm sorry so this story takes place though remember we covered the wilmington massacre yes. uh back in episode 26 it does not feel that long ago <laughs> no, we're on 106 but back in episode twi- uh, 26 that was a good one though that was a good one mm. um but this is about 30 years before that oh. incident happened oh wow so be sure to check out that episode if you have not listened to it yet the times news reported that outlaw was born into slavery around 1820 his father was a powerful slave owner and his mother was a slave and i read this one article and the way that they talked about this is they talked about it as a rape, obviously. Mm. Um, but the one thing that they noted in the article, and I was like, oh, this is 100% true, is that even if a woman could give consent, you cannot give consent if you're owned by another human being. Right. 
you know, so um, I just want to, same thing in prisons today. Yeah, I want to put with that these in guards. There. Yes. So he was around um, 40 years old when he gets sold to a man named Outlaw, and that's where he gets that last name from. He was married. He had two boys. In 1864, he escaped, and he served in the 2nd Regiment of the U.S. Colored Cavalry and fought in Civil War. Mm. In 1866, according to Ian McDowell of Yes Weekly, Outlaw left the Cavalry and returned to Alamance County in 1886. He opened a woodworking business. He built cabinets and coffins. And the coffins that he built were pe- for people who, like, had no money. And, mm. like, you know, the city has to bury them. So the city would buy coffins fr- from him for $4 a coffin. Mm. So he was making money that way. And in September of that same year, Outlaw attends the Equal Rights League in Raleigh. And he gets elected to the board, which wow. is really exciting. Yeah. So the Equal Rights League was um, an organization that was focused on giving power to newly freed slaves. And the league also pursued rights for indigenous folks and for also those of mixed race. But, you know, as you know, newly freed slaves aren't really free, mm-hmm. right? They still couldn't do much with that freedom. So this group sought to get full political rights, including the right to vote to blacks. So in 1866, there's this new code that allowed blacks to have some limited civil and political rights, which is what allows him to get appointed to that um, office a little later on. So Outlaw is now part of this board, and at that convention, he meets um, soon-to-be Governor William W. Holden, and this was um, a political figure. He had served as senator, and he supported the league, and he was one of the few white men to attend the event. Mm. And when Outlaw returns to Alamance County, he starts a county loyal Republican leave. So remember, this is a time when those called Republicans are like today's Democrats and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So in 1867, that former uh, North Carolina senator and soon-to-be governor, William Holden, appoints Outlaw to the Union League Commission. So he gets appointed to this other commission. Mm. He's on that other Equal Rights League. So he's really involved politically. Mm. So... Just to give you a little bit of background on Governor William Holden, because remember the other part of the story is the Kirk-Holden War. Mm. So Holden is um, an important figure here. He, according to NCpedia, he looked favorably on concerns expressed by both poor whites and blacks, and he organized a political m- movement, those union leagues, wow. um, committed to black equality. And by 1868, he had 2,000 union leagues. Like Holy shit. Yeah, which is, you know... Incredible. I mean, for the time, it's for incredible. For the time, yeah. So in 1868, he becomes governor of North Carolina, and shortly after, in 1869, he appoints outlaw to town commissioner, like giving him that political power, mm. and also appoints him as constable. So, you know, he's supporting um, outlaw. He wants to encourage and support blacks mm. at this time during Reconstruction, which we know is like a shit, like shitty time, yeah. um, dangerous time. So... The Klan didn't like that Holden was, uh, what Holden was up to, did not like that he was giving political mm. power the to. The Klan also has that wizard dunce hat Yes, look, they do really have the dunce hat look. A hundred percent. That tweet. And they wanted to, quote, um, they wanted to remove, quote, the dark savages and white ignoramuses wearing the oath of office. Mm. So that was their, they did not want um, blacks holding any power, of course, right? So you would imagine that they wouldn't then like outlaw holding that particular seat. And in Graham, there was Klan violence. So as commissioner and constable of the town, 
outlaw set up a night patrol to protect the citizens of Graham, both black and white, because like the Klan was like, everybody was afraid of them. And so they would, it was him along with three other constables who were also black men that would kind of like take these patrols at night to make sure that everything was okay in the town. Jesus. So Ian McDowell writing for Yes Weekly explains that in 1869, uh, masked Klansmen rolled into the town to try and scare the black residents. Mm. But as McDonald writes, Outlaw and the other black constables fought back and Dang. they ran the Klansmen yes. out of town. Okay. Yes. Okay. All like, right. Woo. Yes. So there is some speculation as to whether they shot at the Klansmen, but as constables, that's their job, right? They're there to protect people. Okay. And it, a constable is basically like a police officer. So they're appointed to keep the peace. And if there are these, uh, you know, a bunch of these wimpy ass white guys who are coming in trying to hide under sheets and scare people, they have the right to protect the people that they're, they're trying to, you know, yes. hurt. Why? So, this became a thing? Because they shot at them? Yes. So... We've covered a few stories during Reconstruction, and in school, I have to say that I don't, like, I remember, you know, you learned about, like, the Civil War and the Emancipation Proclamation and Reconstruction, but I don't ever remember learning how incredibly violent Mm. Reconstruction was. I don't remember learning about the KKK being a prominent figure during Reconstruction, like that that was like an issue that was causing problems in this country. Like you really, like I don't remember learning that at all. And I don't remember learning about this story in any way, this governor, like none of this. But even how long it went on for, you're talking about this gentleman and then also 30 years later is Wilmington. Like that's decades and decades of 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 like fear fear, and And torture. Yes. So, and, and we've talked about this before, and we talked about this a little bit earlier with the, the current insurrection, mm-hmm. but the Confederates should have been charged with treason. Fucking A. They should have gone to jail. Yeah. No statue should have ever been permitted to be erected. Mm. Ever. Erected. They should have been shamed. So, let's get into the major oh incident. Oh, boy. I'm not looking forward All to right. this, Tina. So... McDowell offers the grim details about what happens to white outlaw, and this is based from his mother's, outlaw's mother's testimony at the mm. time. So essentially, some 50 to 100 men roll into Graham oh, in the geez. middle of the night Jesus. because that's what they do, right? They hide in the darkness. Coward. Um, and it's cowardly. Yeah. And it was on uh, February 26th, 1870. About 20 men with pistols and torches and swords enter Outlaw's home. Jesus! From there, they go from room to room looking for Outlaw. And when they find him, they start attacking. And McDowell reported that his mother tried to fight them off of her son because they go into her room first. And they're like, where is he? Where is he? Mm -mm. And she's, you know, one, it's in the middle of the night, so she's startled. And at the time, Outlaw was widowed. So it was Outlaw, his mom, and his two sons were, like, living in this oh house. Oh, my God. And when they go and they find um, Outlaw, he's, like, sleeping. Like, he's, like, he can't even put his pants on. Like, they, they drag him out, and she's trying to beat them. And they throw her to the ground. And they shouted things at her, like, cut her head off and blow her brains out. So can you imagine just this completely frightening scene you're and plus like even for anyone being woken up in the middle of a sleep and this all this chaos is happening Mm -mm. is is it's horrific so 
they end they and and they and like to be a mother and watch them drag yeah. your son, your son out the, of the house. Meanwhile, think and about the, what think about this. What she lived through. She's a former slave. Yes. She's raped by this fucking person who owned her. Yes, right. She's raising this kid. He grows He's up to be an, like an amazing guy. Yeah, a, hu- a, and, a and human being, like yeah. a, a remarkable human being. And she's watching him get dragged yes. out. And yeah. she's gonna now. She's got to raise these kids. Right. Well, yeah. And because then, and then she like, so she kind of runs out the door after them. And when she gets outside, she's like, oh shit. Cause yeah. there's like a hundred people there. <sighs> so she's like, she couldn't do anything. So she just went back to keep the kids. Oh my God. Uh, safe. Tina. Mm-mm. So in the end they took outlaw. And according to McDowell, they dragged him to the front of the courthouse and they hanged him from a tree. Holy but not shit. only that, but, um, the article I read explained that they also slashed his mouth in a symbolic gesture for being mouthy. And it's, it's just so outrageous and disgusting. And Mike Scott writing for medium also reported that a sign was placed on outlaws back that read quote, beware ye guilty, both white and black. So they're like, basically like if you want to show support of outlaw, because they think as a white person. And uh, of course, as a black person, then you know, we're going to come after you too. And so because of that, Wyatt's body ended up hanging there because people were afraid to take his body no! down because they were afraid that what the clan the was going to like oh my retaliate God. against them. So people are like going to church and just walking by this body and like they left him there. It's terrible. So later, according to a Medium article, a Klansman would testify, quote, Outlaw was hung because he was a politician. He had been appointed commissioner by Governor Holden. He had been a leader of the Negroes and had been elected once. There was no other crime alleged. Like, that was it. Like, that's why they killed him. Just because they didn't want to see someone in power that was different from them. Or it's it's the humi- it's it's so humiliating gross. to it's have so gross. black officers chasing you out of town. That humiliates right. them. And look right. at how they come well, back. They come back with a hundred yeah, people for yeah. one guy. Yeah, and they don't want to be. They don't want like, oh, you're going to police me. As right, a, of yeah, course. It's so gross. They're 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 better than they're greater than because right. of what? It's it's insane. So here's uh, so the charges. This is where the other part of the story starts to come into play. So remember, I said that Holden appointed outlaw. Well, he also pressed charges against about 18 of the men involved in Outlaw's murder, which at the time, like, you know, wasn't really a thing that was happening. All the charges on those men were dropped before they even set foot in a courtroom. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. So the North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources noted that it was an amnesty bill that was passed from the legislature. And that was what led to no one being tried or convicted for this murder. So, of course, there was no sentencing. But the aftermath, in May 1870, so, you know, this happened. February? Yeah, it happened in February, so now we're in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Stevens, a uh, white former Confederate and state senator, was lynched by the Klan, too. Holy shit! And I'm not going to dive into Stevens, but he worked closely alongside blacks on the basis of equality, and he was very loyal to the African-American community, and this is what put a target on his back, according to Civil War North Carolina. And because of Outlaw's death and the takeover of Graham, because when Outlaw is killed, then they kind of take over that town, right? Of course. Like they did with Wilmington. And then Stevens' death happened in uh, Coswell County, and so the same thing happened there. Holden declares martial law. Mm. in July of 1870. And he said this in his speech to the General Assembly. Quote, 
Since my last annual message dated November 16, 1869, numerous outrages of the most flagrant character have been committed upon peaceable and law-abiding citizens by persons masked and armed mm. who rode at night and who had thus far escaped the civil law. I have adopted such me measures as were in my power to ferret out and bring to justice all breakers of the law without reference to their color or to their political party mm. or parties to which they belong. And I am satisfied that the judge and solicitors in the various circuits have been prompt, energetic, and impartial in the discharge of their duties. So he's like, we got to get this under control. These people are running rampant in our communities. And he like brings in a general. So this is what leads to that Kirk Holden war. So according to Black Then article, um, Holden got uh, someone named George Washington Kirk to run the Klan out so that the blacks could safely vote and like participate in their communities. Okay. And Kirk was not playing around. He started arresting folks and not just regular guys. Like he was arresting prominent political Klansmen. Oh, good. So the Coswell County Historical Association noted that some of the people that Kirk arrested were ex-congressman John Kerr, uh, <laughs> lawyers Jacob A. Long and James E. Boyd, Captain Joseph F. Mitchell, Sheriff Jesse C. Griffith, mm. Barziali Graves, Thomas J. Wambach, and Yancey Jones. So it was a bunch of sheriffs and around 100 other men were arrested. So wow. he was like, we're taking these people down. So unfortunately... The Klan ended up gaining control of the General Assembly in November of 1870, oh and God. they set out <laughs> to put a stop to all of this, and they go and they arrest um, wow. the Kirk, and they move to impeach Holden. Governor Holden. Wow. So basically, Holden wouldn't release the prisoners, uh, the prominent folks that Kirk arrested, and they used that as a charge against him, saying that it was false imprisonment. And so he was charged. This is um, crazy. This yeah. is a crazy fucking it's, story. It's insane. They're terrorists. Yeah. I mean, they're fucking terrorists. And, and this is a guy like this. He's just trying to run the state. Yeah. Like He's like, okay, like the civil war happened. Like here we are. Like we got to get things moving. We got to work with people. And there's this, this group of people refusing to let that happen. And now he's going to get impeached because of it. You know what we need though, really, is we need <sighs> their plan of how they took over the assembly. So we can pass those notes on to the Florida yes. Democrats. <laughs> and how the fuck we can start having some power. Yes, please. Can we get the notes, clan? Oh Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> the 1870s. Oh, my God. So uh, we're that desperate at this I point. I know, we're desperate. Well, we need to do something. We're such a hot mess. We're such wimps. I yeah. can't stand it. All right, so Same. he was charged with, uh, Holden was charged with declaring martial law, unlawfully raising troops, illegally declaring counties to be in a state of insurrection, wow. illegally arresting citizens, seizing, detaining, imprisoning, and depriving those citizens of their liberty and privileges as free men, and refusing to obey a writ of habeas, corp uh, habeas corpus. So that's what we have on him. And yeah. so Black then reported that Holden got impeached. He was tried what? and was forced oh out God. of office. How the This is insane! It, he was the first governor in U.S. history to be impeached. Peach. Wow! Yeah, they, and they have, have you ever heard of no, this? No, this is incredible. That a governor was impeached for trying to help but black they, people. But the KKK like, did what? it. The KKK yes. did it, took power and impeached yes. him. They impeached it's, him. It's, it's and this insane. is what the same white power assholes yeah. want to do today, wow. right? They want to strip Biden of his role. They want to say that all of this didn't happen. <laughs> oh my this god! This is we're, it's the same thing. Well, welcome it's to the, the same thing. Welcome to the 2022 midterms. Oh my god! Wait, wait. Oh my husband. Came up with a great, 
great thing about the insurrection. It was Hitler had his, uh, the beer hall, uh, putz, or putz, how do you say it? You know what I'm talking about? And, 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 no, but, but Trump had his beer belly, Ooh. the beer belly puts with all those dumbass <laughs> fat. I love Sorry. this. Okay. Okay. So, um, Holden left North Carolina and he went to DC to work in journalism, like with a newspaper or something. And then he went back to North Carolina and ended up in Raleigh in 1873. And he worked there as postmaster general. And that mm. was sort of the end of his career. And while Holden was impeached, which, which sucked, the worst fallout from the impeachment was the fact that blacks and Graham and the surrounding cities, counties lost what little rights they had. Mm. Like any rights they had, everything was stripped and the Klan won. And it's like, yeah, it sucks for Holden, but Holden's a white man. He can go anywhere. Yeah. His he life was retires the postmaster yeah, like general, it, it whatever, wasn't, it, fine. Yeah, it, it wasn't, but all of these other people suffered for decades. So some points of interest. Yeah, but you know what? If you're going to be impeached, impeach me for trying to do the right yes, thing. Like, yes, yes. At least he knows that he was fighting yes, for, the right, yes. for the right things. It's just awful. Because a lot of these guys get, they get um, pressured, the white yes. guys. That yeah, no, and he stood his ground. I yeah. mean, he brought this That's general That's pretty in. impressive. Yes. So one thing I read and loved was that not only did um, Outlaw have that wood um, building business, but he also sold booze, like where he created stuff. And his place <gasps> became a place for local. He was local a brew brother. Yes. But his place <laughs> became a place for local tradesmen, both black and white, to hang out. And, mm. you know, he was just fostering, like, a really wonderful thing in this community, you know, and well, we and, can't have that. And no. just like with Wilmington, like what would what would our world look like? What if would Wilmington, Wilmington look like if Wilmington didn't That's happen? If this question. didn't happen, like yeah. what, where would we be today? Oh my god! You know, it just sucks, man. Ugh. All right, so. <sighs> Well, we don't evolve either. There's no evolution it's, of like race relations. No, There's nothing it's like such we garbage. are in the same place we were yes. 200 fucking years yes. ago. It's yes. incredible. It's 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 frightening. It's, <laughs> it's frightening. It just doesn't change. <sighs> so another disgusting thing. I'm not thing. driving through these little towns in the south. Yeah, no. No way. No so way. Another disgusting thing that happened is at the very site where Wyatt Outlaw was murdered, right? At that tree yeah. outside of the courthouse um in that area. They erected a Confederate statue. Mm. And the person who gave a speech at the statue's unveiling was this man named Henry London. And he was a white supremacist who gave a rousing speech about how they should celebrate this depiction of a Confederate soldier and, quote, recall the achievements of the great and good of our own race and blood. And this guy was so incredibly disgusting. Like, he lied. So he was like, I served in the Civil War, right, with the, with the Confederates. And um, he lied about... The, the I'm sorry, with the, the Union. Yeah. The time he served in the Civil War, he served six months in the war because he was, like, away at college. And he, like, he, like, someone, some, like, a politician showed up in town and he wore his, like, uh, uniform. It's and like was that like, stolen valor. Yeah, it was like, oh, are... I fought for three years oh and, like, God. all these lies. He also gave a crazy, <laughs> and I mean crazy speech, crazy, yeah. where he basically claimed that blacks should be thankful to the kindness of slave owners. I'm sorry. Uh, Bill O'Reilly yes. fucking said that like five years ago yes. on his show. He well, said he the got same it. He got it thing. from this. He said because it was the horrible Yankees of the North who brought slaves from Africa and the wonderful and amazing Southerners like mm. those of North Carolina mm -hmm. deserve credit for civilizing them yeah. and offering, you know, them to learn the civilized ways of, of, of 
the white folks there. Well, I'd like to thank it, you, insane. but someone's whipping me right yeah, now. Yeah, it's insane. Piece of shit. Insane. Well, it's this all about, it's always about changing the narrative, yeah, right? Yeah. And well, they can sleep better at night. Yeah. They're justifying this bullshit. And he was also for literary, literacy tests to prevent black men from voting so that he could secure, quote, secure white supremacy forever. Florida, the, I'm sorry, that's the Florida fucking, yes. uh, you know, legislature yeah, here in we are. 2020. Here we are. Fucking so, poll tax. Um, it's just crazy that that he, and this was about, I want to say maybe 40 years after um, Outlaw was killed, you know, that this guy went in and gave the speech and they arrested Oh my God, yeah, they 40 arrested, years? What yeah. the fuck? Because it's that whole crazy. town is run by crazy white oh people. Oh my God. So in February last year, the NAACP of Al- Alamance County wanted um, this uh, sesquicentennial park, which was created during the 150 year anniversary of the town to be renamed Wyatt Outlaw Park. But the council ends up leaning against it because they were like, we want to recognize this park was created because to recognize the 150 years of the town and we will do something else to Bullshit. commemorate, you know, Wyatt Outlaw. Whatever. I know. Fucking and they cool were like, last it, name though I too. Know. Wyatt Outlaw? Fucking A. So in 2018, the city of Graham's police department added Constable Wyatt Outlaw to the Alamance County Law Enforcement Fallen Heroes Memorial. <laughs> I know. Tina. And in 2011, North Carolina pardoned Holden from that impeachment. Oh, that's so, good. And that's the story <laughs> of the murder of Wyatt Outlaw and the Kirk oh Holden God. war. You know what? I love Ooh. that every time you say something, I'm like, Here, this is how it's happening today. Yes. Because this shit happening. never fucking ends. It, it never I mean, look, at, look at Matt ends. Gates. Look at Matt Gates. I mean. Ugh. I saw something and I don't know if it's true. Um, so allegedly, 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 Whatever. it was a TikTok, and it was this guy had a picture, um, and, and, and someone had like duetted it, but he had a picture and he was like, can anybody tell me where these white men are? And it's like these white men harassing a black man in a diner. Mm. And then someone duets it and he's like, I can do that. And he's like, this guy's doing this. This guy died of cancer. This guy, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and this guy is the father of Matt Gates. Oh, oh, now we, you, when you covered him, we went over. Remember how wacky yes, that family is? Yes. So I was like, what? Is that true that he's in this picture harassing oh a God. black? Of course. Uh, I mean, I believe it, but allegedly whatever. it was on TikTok. Ooh. Well, that was just incredibly awful for a Sunday morning. Thank you, Tina. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's all right. Listen, got to get that truth out there. Yeah. I mean, it's such, I, I, when I came across this story, I was like, what in the, Again, it's another story that I have never heard about. And this guy, you know, uh, why outlaw, he should be a hero. Like, yeah. we should learn about him. Yeah. And then it makes me wonder, like, Wilmington, what's happening in uh, Alamance County schools? Yeah. Are they learning about this guy? Are they learning about I how the governor was impeached? I told you, my sister teaches impeached? in North Carolina. They don't talk about Wilmington. She Ugh. fucking works in that state. They're not teaching that. It's insane. Yeah, girl. It's insane. Oof. All right, let's go. All right. Hey, it's Dalton. And Sam. We want to tell you about our podcast called Big Ten Plus Four. Are you a college football fan who doesn't want to always be talking about the SEC? Are you a college basketball fan who's tired of hearing how the Big Ten doesn't win in the big dance? Then we're the show for you. Check us out each week on the Odd Pods Media Network. We bring you college sports with a Big Ten flavor. Big Ten Plus Four. College sports with Midwest perspective. Blue collar and blue blood. All right, well, 
Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the, the muck. Second half of this podcast. <laughs> There's so many shenanigans <laughs> happening behind the scenes. Like the video, you know, we would just edit this stuff out on the audio, but now there's a video. We're like yeah. pausing. Now there's, now there's evidence. There's evidence. Yeah, pausing. There's, oh my God. My son is just driving. That's oh crazy. No. It's he's He's just the best. Come on. He just accidentally fell in the pool. Yeah. Oh, my which God. Which my son did that on Christmas. He accidentally fell in my brother's pond. <laughs> Two minutes after we got there. Two minutes after I hear a splash. And I see this kid crawling out. And I'm like, that better not be my son. And sure enough, he's fucking head to toe. Drenched. Oh, my God. Yeah. What are we going to do? funny. Everybody thought it was funny but me. Of it's course. just annoying. All right. I mean, listen. What do these kids think they are? Kids? Yeah. How dare they? I mean. What, are you going to behave like a child? I know. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today, <gasps> Tina, I'm going to tell you about Utah Territorial Delegate. Oh. George Q. Cannon. Oh, you Territorial Candidate? Yes. Before it was a state, Tina. Oh. Oh, we both did old timies. <laughs> we did. We both did 1800s. We both Woo! did old timies. I love it because, you know, when episodes like last week came out, and Priscilla Giddings is still sitting in a yes. seat. I think to myself, well, if yes. somebody on her team's like, let's Google her name yes. today. That podcast comes <laughs> up. Like, you know what? The she real des- life people. She deserves yeah, well, everything. I hear you. She gets. And right. she deserved more than a censure. Oh, yeah. So a little bit about <gasps> his background. Guess where he's from, Tina? He's from Liverpool, England. Oh, <gasps> That's one of our favorite places. Liverpool. Well, you I know can't who's do from it. there, the Beatles. The Beatles, Tina. yes. <laughs> the by, Beatles. Oh, by the way, I'm having a very hard time getting through that. Uh, get back? Yeah, I can't get through the first oh. episode even. Oh. Well, well we've, been, we've been watching it like, you know, here and there. Yeah. Not all at once. Yeah. I, I have need, some thoughts. I some did I tell excitement. you? Did, did I you tell you? I have some thoughts. It? I have some thoughts about Yoko. That there's my problem. I'm staring at Yoko the entire yes. fucking time. I'm here's watching this. I'm thing. like, what is and she I, doing? Here's, she's knitting. She's, she's like writing knitting. fucking checks but out. Guess what? What's she doing? Guess what? Give somebody some space. What? Well, here's Give the other some, thing. But uh, I'm looking at John Lennon. I'm like, fuck, he's fine as fuck. Am I going to leave him alone? Hell's no. There, no but fucking guess what? way. I'm going to be guess on what? him like glue. I know, but guess what? They're recording. They're trying to hang out. And they're sh- like, just go away. It's like, I would not be able to have someone sitting by my side. Just like, but listen, and also like, and it's like she's less than an arm's reach. Uh, no, she's on top yes, of him. She's like practically playing the guitar. And, with yeah. Him. It's like, it's just go away. I know. Like, do it's a, a pop in, do a pop in. Oh, and then there's one know. scene yeah. where he, um, cause wait, wait, before you say that, okay. she had the confidence in the relationship too. Like, you know, she's, she feels like I can walk in here and do whatever I want. Yes. That's how fucking close they are. Yes. He, and it, he's not telling close. her back up a little bit. She, he, like, he wants her there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about, I feel like it's a toxic so relationship. So how does that happen? Like the fucking must be insane, right? Probably. Insane. She must yes. be crazy in bed. Yeah. But which so, is awesome. Okay. But give some, sp- give somebody some space. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. John Lennon's on your arm. I'm not giving him an inch no, of fucking space. No. Get no away way. from me. That's a money ticket. And and I <laughs> back up the brake struck <laughs> because holy shit. <laughs> and rich. I have to say, um, John Lennon throughout mm-hmm. is always he's like I was looking at the camera for our first yeah. YouTube. Yeah. He's always looking at the camera. Like everyone else really isn't. Everyone's kind of chill, but he always will kind of glance at that camera. And there's one scene, and I forget what episode, where he kind of reaches in to his bag did I tell you this last Mm-mm. time he reaches like behind him in his jacket pocket and he pulls something out and he's like 
and he puts it back and I'm like, oh, he was either going to get high. Yeah. Like, was it pills? Was it pot? What was it? What did he have oh, in his pocket? It's like, for that. it's like this little, this yeah. one little moment. I'm like, oh, look at Sean. And Paul is so fucking cute. Paul Holy is adorable. Shit. And Linda, she does a little drop in here and there. All right. That, that's healthy. She's busy. Yeah, yeah. so Yoko, go knit somewhere. Go for a walk. No, no, no. Go no. yodel. Go do mm. your thing. I got to tell I don't you. Know. I don't I like don't, it. Now, as a young Beatles fan, I was like, Yoko broke up the band. Ugh, right? All this shit. Now, as an older lady, I appreciate the mm. support she's giving her no. man. No. Yes. No, no, I'm here for it. No. Get, no. It's too much. Fuck that. I'm Yoko. I'm, I'm fucking no. in it. No, get away. Uninvited. I'm showing no, up. I'm showing away. up uninvited. Give somebody a little breathing room. No. Oh, you give him a little, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, get away. Uh, so you give him a little breathing room. Some other woman's going to walk right in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, that's please. a horrible, oh, terrible, no, then horrible that's, then thing that's, to then do that to is, someone. Then that isn't healthy. Whatever. Not healthy. Get away. Every time, every time you turn around, there she did is. Did you know? There she did is. You, I don't Go know. away. On Howard Stern years and years ago, Paul McCartney was on there years ago. And he talked about Yoko and how she came knocking at his door, at Paul's door. And she was a huge fan and she wanted to like meet what? him. Yeah, right? And he was like, This lady is nuts. <laughs> and as a practical <gasps> as a practical joke, she sent him sent to her to John no. Lennon's house. <laughs> this is the best thing I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah. And then That's John's like, story. Hey. Oh no. Yeah. Isn't that mm -mm. fucking crazy? Yes, mm -mm. that's a real story. And I know that she's a performance artist. Like, I, I'm not taking anything oh, away from her. My, but can we please? But. Now, this is way off my story. I'm like 20 minutes off my story. But let me say something else. I One of my favorite things ever that happened this week is that there's a, a Yoko Ono, like, tribute album. And oh. all these pretty amazing artists, like Ben Gibbard from Death Cab and Japanese Breakfast, oh. they all cover some of her songs. Okay. Okay. Do you like Double Fantasy, the John Lennon yes. Yoko Ono album? Okay. We used to, when I worked at this bookstore, we would listen to it all the oh time. My God. But when the Yoko songs would come on, I'd be like, <gasps> skip. Yeah. Skip. Who oh, the fuck's listening to the Yoko Ono I know, songs? I know. And well, who's making a tribute album? Can we please yes. stop now? Please yeah. stop. I mean, and wasn't she like super rich? Wasn't she like, um, before? Yeah. I think, oh, I, don't she, know about I think that. like her family was like oh. a very prominent family. Oh, I don't know. And she, that's why she could like do the performance art and do all the stuff that she could oh do. And she was sort of like running in those circles, that's well, which is probably how she was able to like yeah. access Paul McCartney. Well, the best scene ever, I mean, video you could ever watch is when you go to like YouTube and you like Yoko screaming. She like, there was an art <laughs> thing that she did at a museum as people like all gathered and it's just a single microphone in the middle of the floor. And, and she, she walks up there and she's like, and it's quiet. She takes like a, a, the longest pause. Does she have her big glasses on? Yeah. And then she just goes, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's doing this whole screaming. And I'm, and people uh, at the end, she, the people are like, oh, this is fantastic. I'm like, what is, what is this world? Oh what God. is the world? Were you the one telling me, was it on here where someone put like a, a you know, like they dropped their trash in the museum and no, then everyone was like, oh my God, taking pictures of it because they thought it was like a performance, like, yeah. like that it was like this, yeah. you know, commentary and it was like someone's garbage. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what it reminds Art me. Art is like, so it's, fucked. Oh, hasn't Greatest. it always been? Okay. It is. <gasps> Thank God for artists. Okay. Sorry. Like, we us. Had a like us, we're artists. We are, we're media, um, media artists. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> my ah. masterpiece is yelling what the fuck every Ooh. week <laughs> all right get back to this okay, guy <laughs> okay okay we're I got back in we're liverpool in fucking, we're, i got off track i'm we're so in sorry Utah. 
Not yet. Oh. We're, oh. We're, we're still in England. So oh. he's born in England. He's the oldest of six children. And his mother and father were from this very tiny island called Isle of Man. And it's between the oh. UK and, and Ireland. And that's where he spent the early years of his life. And his father's sister, Lenora Cannon, married future Latter-day Saint Apostle John Taylor and was baptized in 1836. So she's over wow. in America. Yeah. So an early LDS. Yes. So the news reached... Uh, uh, George's father, George Cannon, you know, senior. And four years later, when Taylor came to Liverpool, his sister, the entire Cannon family was baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. And George Q. Cannon, our friend here, we're talking about, he was 13 years old at the time. Okay. Wow. So in 1842, the Cannon family set sail for the United States to join the church in Illinois. And on the voyage over the Atlantic, his mother dies. <gasps> now, can I say something? Why are we getting on these ships? Like, even today, people are getting on these ships with yeah. the fucking coronavirus. Yeah. But, like, the odds of you making it across the Atlantic on one of these ships in the 1800s was very, it was not not, not a good, not a good idea. Des- desperate times. Yeah. So his mother, his poor mother's living her life, yeah. her best life on the Isle of Man, gets on the ship yeah. to go and to the States go. and fucking Ooh. dies. I mean, come on. It's the worst. So, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just not getting on a ship is what I'm saying. I will look at the ocean. I will not get no into cruises. the ocean. Jaws, cruise ships. I'm Jaws. Out. I'm fucking out. Such a great movie. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Okay? Stay out of the ocean is, is the story today. That's a Floridian telling you that. All these people come down here. Yeah. It's disgusting. Well, the, like be- the, the beach I is mean, disgusting. I like the ocean. Ugh. Tina. All right, listen. Cleansing. It's cleansing. <laughs> okay, so the family arrives in Illinois in the spring of 1843, and his father remarries a year later, of course. This woman named Mary Edwards, and they have a daughter together, Elizabeth. Um, and then when they get there, his father sends him away to live with an aunt and uncle. Because he's like, I got my new life. I got yeah. my new wife. I got these kids. Yeah, get the fuck, yes. on, get the fuck yeah. out. <laughs> you remind me See of your mother ya. who died on the ship. <gasps> get the fuck out of here. I don't oh. look at you anymore. Yeah, I need to start over. I yeah. need to start fresh. May. So he... Uh, <laughs> He goes to live with his aunt and uncle, and his uncle owns a printing press, like a printing office. And so they printed Times and Seasons, which is a newspaper, and the Navoy Neighbor. And he also his uncle was also the editor of these newspapers. And this training would serve him well later on in life, which we'll get into. And his father dies a year after this in 1845. So he moves. Wow. Yeah. So then he moves to George Q. Cannon, then moves to Salt Lake Valley um, in Utah in October of 1847. So, of course, this is where the Mormon church is. And uh, in 1849, he was asked by the church president, Brigham Young, to serve as a missionary for the church in California. So on this assignment, he involved working with the mines and attempting to preach the gospel oh, to God. gold miners, which I always find really oh, funny, too. God. Could you imagine these guys are coming out yeah, of mines? And they're, they're like, like <laughs> missionaries with their white shirts yeah. and their black ties. And on, a, like, on a bicycle. The church of Latter-day Saints. And they're like, get <laughs> out of here. I just got out of like, Yeah, mine. we're trying to find gold. Yeah. And also, it would be kind of... <laughs> Funny if they were like um, <laughs> the dwarfs <gasps> that come out of the mine for Snow White. <laughs> that might get cut out, but oh, it would be really funny God. too. That makes the scene funny. But like, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi. We got to talk about the Church of Notre Dame no. Saints. Get the fuck out of my face! <laughs> I'm tired. Right. So then, <laughs> so then, after doing this for several months, Cannon and several other mining missionaries were asked to head to the kingdom of Hawaii. Oh, we've covered this on the oh podcast. Oh my before. god! And I just s- like this whole missionary <laughs> thing. It's like, stop trying to spread the word. Focus. That's, why don't they just focus on their own lives? Because they can't. That you got to build, right? Oh, man, That's what no. all these religious organizations are about. More and Let's, more people getting back to John Lennon. 
let's you know imagine no religion let's get rid of it tina with the fucking bring it right back love it of it it. all (laughs) so he served there for four years and initially, the missionaries in Hawaii focused on teaching European and Euro-Americans in the island. But oh, uh, his gosh. focus was on the natives in Maui. And uh, while on the islands, he taught and baptized many Native, oh, Native Hawaiians. come on. He also organized mul- multiple branches of the church and on occasion met with government ministers of the Kingdom of Hawaii to get the church some sort of recognition oh, God. there. It's just, I mean, it's the same ego, you know, that, like, who are you to baptize somebody? I mean, all who right, are these I'm people sorry. who are believing all and Mormon? The, the really the, the beginning of the Mormon religion is wild. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a. It's a. <laughs> I it's mean, a, all beginnings of religion. Well, are he was wild, in the desert. Maybe he was just high. You know, he probably yeah. just like like ate some peyote by mistake. Yeah. You know, had a vision mm-hmm. and somehow thought he was important. But you know, if there's a great. <laughs> I forgot the movie that's on Netflix. I think it's Mur- Murder Mormon at the Murders at the Mormon Church or something. And oh. it was this wild story about this guy who was a counterfeiter, and he could counterfeit all these documents. And because the Mormon Church was so young, uh, this was like a thing in the seventies or eighties. Um, anytime they found new documents, it was like a big deal because they were always looking for like oh, and he books was, or whatever. Yeah, and well, he was well, they're known for the genealogy. Things. Like they, yes. have, they like, I mean, they trace people yeah. back. They yeah. have all those records. So he's faking a lot so of this stuff. So he was stuff. counterfeiting <gasps> them. Ooh, Tina, it's a great show. Ooh. I think it's called Murder at the Mormon Church or something like that. Wow. Anyway, so one of the most notable was Jonatana Napala, who assisted Canon in translating the Book of Mormon into Hawaiian. And Joseph F. Smith, a future chief church president, would follow Cannon and serve in Hawaii a year later. And eventually he was made district president over multiple branches of the church in in Maui. In October 1852, there were slightly over 900 members of the LDS church in Hawaii with most on the island of Maui. So he's like building this thing. He's really uh, taken over. Yeah, it's incredible. So then um, he returned to Utah and he marries Elizabeth Hoagland. Um, he was almost immediately called to assist Apostle Parley P. Pratt in publishing a newspaper in California. Oh, so now there we know go. He, yeah, now it's the propaganda skills. machine. Yeah. <laughs> Spread, <laughs> spreading the word around. <laughs> That's right. So um, he meets Pratt in California and he was told that he would remain behind and become the president of the Church of Oregon and California Mission. And he held that position from 1856 to 58. So he's running the all both wow. of those states. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, and during this time period, he published the Hawaiian translation of the Book of Mormon. Oh, my God. <laughs> And when I hear Book of Mormon, I think of the show, which is yes. so fucking funny. Okay. So in February 1856, he started the Western Standard, a weekly publication based in San Francisco. And then he returned to Utah, Utah in 1857 to assist in the Utah War, a local okay. war there. And uh, he was commissioned as lieutenant general in the the region where, where they lived. Um, and during this time, he also served as the printer of the Deseret News while it was publishing, uh, in, while he was in exile in Utah. That, that newspaper is still around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after the Utah War, he was called as president of the church's Eastern States Mission. Okay. Man, so he is just... He's moving up. Yeah. yeah. So mean, uh, Parley Pratt was murdered. He was one of the apostles in 1857 and created a vacancy in this quorum of the 12, 12 apostles. So oh, my God. They've got a I whole, mean, give, like... This is okay. They have their own 12 they apostles. They have their own apostles. Yeah. Give me and a break. Have, and they have a quorum where they, you know get together and discuss but they're not even allowed to they don't they can't even drink these guys no what no, are no. they doing what just gonna sit around and talk yeah like this it's like yeah. it's like, like this <laughs> it was a podcast for the ages oh my an 1800 God. podcast it's called a, a po- quorum <laughs> <laughs> but i mean how does it the fact that someone would call themselves an apostle 
Yeah. It's like bonkers. To or me. that they could name who's going to be yeah. the apostle. You're right? going to be the apostle. Yeah. So That's why you run for the hills. Yeah. So the vacancy wasn't filled until Brigham Young called Cannon to the apostleship three years oh later. Oh, my God. And he was ordained to the priesthood office of apostle on August 26, 1860 at 33 years old. And upon he's his done all this and yes. he's only 33? Yes. Dang. Yes. Upon his joining the Quorum of the Twelve. Cannon was called to preside over the church's European mission. Oh, and so oh his, great. Yeah, so he goes over there. And his mission in Europe ended when he was recalled by Young in 1862 to work in Washington, D.C. to assist in the church's promotion of Utah's territory's bid for statehood. Oh, so here we go. So now they're they're looking at political power. Yes. Well, power. I mean, that's who is out there, right? I mean, oh, that they God. really have been involved in the power there for yeah. forever. So, okay, so at the adjournment of the 1862 congressional session, Cannon again left for Europe to preside over the mission. Um, And in this capacity, he was the editor of the Millennial Star and for a short time, the church's Welsh language periodical. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. He loves loves making the paper. The (laughs) newspaper. Oh my God. Um, It's like you get, you have one skill and they're like, all right, we're going to use this skill forever. But I mean, but but I can also juggle. I can entertain. No, no, no. Get the fuck back in the printer press, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Get that propaganda going. Yeah, but this is powerful, right? I mean, it's spreading the word of this religion everywhere in the language of these people. It's frightening. Well, and they probably have other candidates on their list for the the quorum and they're like, yeah, but this guy could get us a paper. Like, this is the most valuable person we've got here. Oh my God. Oh my God. But Joe's wife makes a hell of a mac and cheese. No, no, no. We don't need mac and cheese. We need the fucking paper. (laughs) Get this guy in the quorum quick. Okay. So under this, it was under the direction of the newspaper that was first published on a daily basis. So he's out here, you know, writing these stories, getting everything published. So in 1866, he began a publication of a magazine for youth and young adult Latter day Saints called The Juvenile Instructor. Oh, God. Which sounds like a great porn name, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) He he owned and published this magazine until his death. And in 1901, his family sold the magazine to the LDS's church's Sunday school organization. Oh, my God. Probably some good money there, right? So just we're going to indoctrinate the youth now. And it it was their book that they would use in Sunday schools. Like, still. Oh, my God. I know. So he also served until as the first general superintendent of the church's Sunday school from 1867 until his death as well. He just is like being appointed to everything. Yeah. Take a break. Um, Take a break. (laughs) That's the third episode in a row. I think we've sung that song or that I have. (sighs) That fucking Hamilton haunts me. I can't listen to it anymore. And now that Lin-Manuel Miranda did that song, I I just yelled at my kids about it in the car. I'm like, fuck Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) My daughter's like, Hamilton. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out of here. This stupid insurrection democracy song. It's cheesy. Fuck It's cheesy. Like who came up with that? Who sat in a room and said, yeah, this is a good idea. It's the weirdest thing. Well, all I know is I they definitely belong to the Democratic Party because it's the uh, the party of bad ideas. Yeah. It's the, all the kumbaya. That's all they want to do yeah. is kumbaya all day. Let's get Lynn Wilmer. Everybody loves him. Maybe yeah. fucking eight no. years ago. It's yeah. over. It's a, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Although he was in an episode of The Sopranos, I believe. I think he played Tina, a bellhop. Enough already. <laughs> <laughs> enough, Tina. That's not enough to save him. God damn it. In the Heights was pretty good. Did you see that? I didn't see it. It is all right. All right. So So on um, April 8th, 1873, Cannon became a member of the church's first presidency when he was called as the first counselor by Brigham Young. He went on to serve as counselor to three or or more uh, presidents of the church. Okay, yada, yada, yada. 
let's get into the politics, right, and what happened. So uh, he was elected to be a non-voting delegate for Utah Territory in the United States Congress in 1872, and he remained a congressional delegate until 1882, so for 10 wow. years, when his seat was declared vacant by the enactment of the Edmonds Act, which terminated oh. many political and civil rights for Utah's Mormon polygamous. Oh. Hello. Was he a polygamous? <gasps> Tina. Oh. Yes, he was. Ooh, how many wives? How many houses? Let me say something how real many quick. Wives and uh, how in the fuck do people do this? I don't know. I used to love the show Big Love. <gasps> me too. I, I love, love that show. Um, what's her oh. name? Chloe um, Sevigny. Oh my God. So Fucking my husband love loves her. And, oh. and we watched... Yes. Um, Oh, the Zodiac, and she's in that the Zodiac Killer, that's the right. Jake Gyllenhaal yes, one, yes. and he wrote a whole song that's uh, like "Look at me like Chloe uh, Savigny, <laughs> look at me like Chloe." Um, oh when you're God. mad because there's a scene where she's like, just like you know how she gives that, yes, that look. Um, oh, and it's he really fun. He yeah. wrote a whole song. He wrote about a whole it? song. That's adorable. <laughs> that's adorable. I want to know how many wives he had. All right, well, we're gonna how get many into, houses? Oh, we're gonna get into Ooh. it. Oh, we're gonna get into it. So how by many 18, kids. Yeah, Jesus. So many fucking kids. Oh Dina. my god. I, so that's what I before we had a video Ugh. like whatever. That's what I was like. How does anybody want to be in a relationship like this? Like, how it, does a man want to have six fucking women? He had like, six wives. Six. Like how. Are you uh, dealing with six women like this? And then Although all their kids. The women are a little, they're, they're not like, you know, burn, bra burning feminists. So they're like, yeah, this but is their all, duty. Like also, they're aware of but, this. But also aren't they sort of given to. Yes. Right. And how yes. old are they or how Ugh, old were they? It's you know, it's disgusting. So it they is. probably didn't even have a choice in this. Yeah. And now they're in this. Yeah. You know, relationship. I mean, if I'm starting a religion, I'm definitely going to have six husbands. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about polygamy. You know, what you I mean? know, like that's fine. Like, you know, but in the Mormon church, oftentimes it's young girls who don't have a choice. Yeah. That's the thing I'm objecting to. Absolutely. Okay. Nobody, nobody wants a 50 year old gross dude yeah. climbing on top of them. Ugh. If it's Ted Deutsch. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Hey. hey. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to say that I remembered my third older Jewish hot crush that I had. Oh. Remember I mentioned on yes. the wrap up episode, it was Ted Deutsch, of course. Yes. Wasn't it Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. And my third is Larry David. Oh, my God. Larry David. He's so cute. Oh, my God. No. Oh, no. Larry David. Okay, yeah, cute, but not to climb on top of you. Ooh, no, I. Yes, Have you seen please. the latest with um that bald head? What What's her name? Tracy Ullman. Oh my God, so Tracy Ullman is so funny, funny on She's this show. Brilliant, brilliant. <gasps> it was so. Good. I can't. She, the two of them together. <laughs> oh is my like, God, it's the great. best. It's great. Okay, so let's get back into this okay. bra. So by 1880, Cannon had served four terms in Congress as Utah's territorial delegate and the newly appointed anti-Mormon territorial governor, Eli Houston Murray, openly supported the liberal part, liberal party, which generally opposed church candidates. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the 1880 territory wide election for a congressional delegate brought the liberal party unexpectedly close to stand sending a representative to Washington, DC. The liberal candidate was Alan G. Campbell and he had 1,357 votes and he lost to Cannon, who had 18,567 votes. all them Mormon votes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, however. They have as many uh, votes as they have wives. Oh, what? <laughs> Tina, very sorry, good. Sorry, very sorry, good, sorry. Tina. So, um, however, before Governor Murray certified the election, a protest on behalf of Campbell was filed. 
because uh, the polygamy. Yeah. So the protest listed a dozen claims, chiefly that Cannon, born in England, was not eligible to be a candidate in the first place. Oh. Right? Let's remember this. He's from oh. Liverpool. Liverpool, England. So the pro- the protest also claimed that Cannon's participation in polygamy was incompatible with federal law and a delegate's oath of office. Oh. Uh, because of that Edmonds Act. Yeah. I mean, I, I disagree with, like, if someone wants to have more than one partner, like, they shouldn't be excluded from office. Mm. You know, I don't think there should be a law. Look at that Katie Hill. You know. P.S. Did you just see that she had a baby? Oh, no, I Is didn't. She, oh, my God. So beautiful. Aww. We covered her on the podcast, remember? We did. So, um, okay. So he agreed. So Murray, the governor, agreed and issued certification to Campbell in spite of the poor showing. So even though he didn't get enough votes, he still gave it to the other guy because Cannon is polygamous yes. and, he's, and he wasn't all born here, et cetera. Okay. So Cannon uh, was already in Washington at the time, and he argued that only Congress could decide on a member's qualifications. Ooh. He then received a certificate from sympathetic territorial election officials that stated he had received the most votes. And that document convinced the House of Representatives clerk to enter Cannon's name on the roll, and so Cannon began drawing the delegate's salary. Ooh, right? so he's getting money, he's getting paid. Yeah, even though the governor there is like, you didn't win, you yeah. broke these laws. Well, I mean, he won. Yeah. So both of Murray and Campbell, so the governor and then also the other guy, they traveled to D.C. to dispute this. Oh, come on. And each side battled over the position for over a year, even after the assassination of President Garfield. Dang. Which also we covered on our episode eight. Hi. Remember (gasps) that? Yes. And I covered it because my daughter came home and said three presidents have been, or four presidents, maybe four or three, have been assassinated. And I was like, no, it's only two. (laughs) <laughs> Only Kennedy and Lincoln. <laughs> and she was like, um, there was but another president. History lesson. And I was like, well, I guess I should cover this on the podcast. <laughs> I had no idea that that happened. Okay. Ooh. So on February uh, 25th, 1882, the House of Representatives finally rejected both candidates. The House refused Cannon uh, his seat on the basis of his involvement in polygamy. And in the end, the House seated John Thomas Kane as the delegate during the 47th Congress. So a whole oh, so other they just person. named some, because they're like, we're, we're done with yeah. this drama. It's Bullshit. too much yeah. to yeah. get lost. And this guy went on to serve for, for several years. Okay, wow. But the issue brought unfavorable national attention to Utah, which contributed to the Edmonds Act being signed into law March 23rd, 1882. Wow. There's people they're like we don't want to associate with any of this. Yeah, you know? and there and you have to think at the time there were, I mean we have a very conservative religious people today. Yeah, and back then this idea of polygamy must have been, you know, shocking and yeah. that they didn't feel that it was moral or right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. So uh, the act reinforced the 1862 Morrill Anti-Bigamy Act by declaring polygamy a felony and also revoked polygamists' right to vote, (gasps) made them ineligible for jury service, and prohibited them from holding political office. I mean, it's not right. It's not right. Eh. I mean, the only thing, like I said, people should be able to marry as many people as they want to marry, but... Mm. It cannot be, you know, you were appointed someone because you're some elder in the church and here's a 13-year-old. Like, you know, that part, no. I just can't imagine you get married, you know, you have all that hope and like, oh, the future is going to be so great. And then it doesn't end well. (coughs) I don't know anything about that. (laughs) Um, And then you, but you want more of that. Like you yeah. want more women, more, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Well, it's probably just about spreading the seed around. You know what I mean? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) As to as many women, you know, all of these children. And and there's probably something in the Bible somewhere that they're, you know, that gives them permission to do this and have these women obey them. And it makes them feel like they have power. Where is the thing in the Bible for that, for women? We don't have that. It's such garbage. It's bullshit, Because men wrote it. 
That's true. <sighs> if you could put something in the Bible for women, what would it be? Uh, I, I would, no, I would just get rid of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just get rid Good of the answer. Bible. Good answer. That's, now that's my answer. Thank you very much. Okay. So George Q. Cannon, of course, he practiced, practiced plural, um, plural marriage. And like I said, he was married to six women and he frequently spoke in justification of the practice. When the Supreme Court upheld the ban on plural marriage in the 1879 Reynolds versus United States decision, Cannon stated, quote, our crime has been, we married women instead of seducing them. We reared children instead of destroying them. Ooh. We desired to exclude from the land prostitution, bastardy, and emphasize. Uh, if jo George Reynolds, the man who was convicted of committing big bigamy, is to be punished, let the world know the facts. Let it be published to the four corners of the earth that in the land, this land of liberty, the most blessed and glorious upon which the sun shines, the law is swiftly invoked to punish religion, but justice goes limping and blindfolded in pursuit of crime. Ooh, that if the first part of that is interesting because he says um, that 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 plural marriage helps eliminate prostitution and the killing of children so is the idea that men are going to go whore around mm. and so instead of you know uh, satiating these desires with prostitution uh, or sex work sorry and other things well they can just marry as many wives as they want and they can have that satisfaction within their own home and they don't have to be shamed for having a child out of wedlock mm. or whatnot like is that what he's saying I guess he marries them instead of seducing them yeah so then they're like upstanding young women and then he's not looked bad upon because he's married and he's with another mm. woman and right. That they're just, he's yeah. making, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, it's not about he's having offering all these some goodness isn't to these it, women, but, but isn't it really about fucking? Yes. I mean, so it's not about saying, making all these children. Yeah, it's about the, he can, uh, you know, be a good guy and yes. still fuck as many yes. people as he wants. That's what it is. Hell of a religion. Hell of a fucking religion. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and then they're masking it like we're doing this good thing yeah. for women I because now, her. yeah, we're marrying her and she's not just a whore. A whore? Oh my God. A whore. What are you talking You don't get married, just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a whore, get Ooh. married. Oy vey. What a what a you know who what says a world that who are the best is uh, Joey Pants. <laughs> yes. Joey Pants is yes. the best way he does. ever. <laughs> oh my god, it's oh. so fucking good. Okay, so good. In the kitchen, that kitchen <laughs> pulls the hair off. Yes. Oh my, oh my god. We're talking about The Sopranos. If you don't Sorry. know, then you don't yeah, know. Yes. Get the Please. fuck out. Get out, go out, out of our go pork take store. Take some time. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck out of here. All right. Oh, my so God. Eventually, Cannon went underground with others in the church leadership as a fugitive from the federal authorities. In September 1888, Cannon surrendered himself and pleaded guilty at uh, a trial to charges of unlawful cohabitation under the Edmonds mm. Act. And as a result, Cannon served nearly six months in Utah's federal penitentiary. Penitentiary, And let me tell you something else. Look at our notes because, or our Instagram, whatever, but I have a great picture. It's a group of polygamists, these white dudes in jail. And it is one of the best pictures I've ever <gasps> seen because they're all just standing around and they have like those black and white striped suits on. Oh my gosh. But underneath are like these white tailored, you know, collared shirts and like little bow ties. And I was like, they're the fanciest <laughs> fucking <laughs> prisoners. And then like, could you imagine what happens in that prison? Oh, where people are like, God. Hey, I'll be your wife. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Yeah. Ooh, you looking for another wife? Well. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Come on. <laughs> Let's do this. 
And guess what? Is this where they like start developing like their compounds and things so that they yes. can yes, so they can live off of away from yeah, yeah, of course, out of the out of the public eye and the government's yeah reach right. So he was pardoned though in 1894 by President Grover Cleveland. Okay, I mean, who was a bit of a dick. We covered yeah. him too. Ugh. Remember him? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. All right, Ugh. so. He dies on April 12, 1901 in Monterey, California at 74 years old. If he had lived a few more months, he would have become the president of the LDS church because uh, wow. somebody died right before him or right after him. But he was next in line and he's buried at Salt Lake City Cemetery. So here's the thing. He fathered 32 children, <gasps> right? Jeez. And some of whom are uh, pretty big authorities now in the, gen- <gasps> is, is in the LDS church. We have Abraham H. Cannon, John Q. Cannon, Sylvester Q. Cannon. Q is for quail, by the way. Just thought I'd let you know. I had oh, to look that up. Wow. Um, Frank J. Cannon, who was one of his sons, was Utah's first U.S. senator. Uh, Louis T. Cannon and Georgius Y. Cannon pr- are both prominent architects in Utah. And some of Con- Cannon's prominent descendants included Howard Cannon, a, like I said, the U.S. senator. I'm sorry, a U.S. senator from Nevada, so another senator from na- 1959 wow. to 1983. Chris Cannon, who's a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from 1997 to 2009. Dang. So his family's, like, still in it, yeah? Yeah. And well, there's another, a lot of them. Uh, yeah. And then also, this is weird, but at the BYU football games, they have a cannon that they've called George Q. <gasps> and every time they, like, you know, set off the cannon, oh. it's, like, to honor him. Oh. <laughs> I mean, but that's it. That's George Q. Cannon. Wow, I know. What a story. Did you like it? I loved it. <gasps> oh, Tina, <gasps> what a story. This yeah, guy. I know. Oh my god. All right. Well, that's that's <gasps> me. What's going on this week? Are you good? We got we have a big meeting on Wednesday me too. together. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's my first week without the kids. So Ooh. wish me luck. Good luck. Lots of crying. Oh, just come to my house. <gasps> okay, I just will. Come over. I will. Yeah, <gasps> Tina texted me and said she restocked her liquor cabinet. Yes. And I was like, let's get it <laughs> on. Let's do it. So, yeah, that's it. I have nothing going on this week. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, just dolphins and then a ton of work. I, I got an additional thing. I hate this time of the year where it's like you're just coming off the holidays <sighs> and you really just don't want to do anything at all. Yeah. And so, you know, you're just like waiting around for something to happen. You got to get back into the swing oh of things. It's God. the worst. It's and the then worst. it's 2022 elections. And yeah. I, it's just uh, yeah. freaking me out. Me too. But, but that's it. Yeah. It's all out of our hands at this point. Let yes. it go. Oh. Let it go and let God? Is that how that goes? No. Let go, let God? No. No. no? I guess. I don't know. I read it in the Hawaiian translation. It's a oh let go, let God. God, bitch. And I was like, all right. <laughs> sounds good to me. That oh sounds my good. God. That is the best way to end today. Oh, okay. Talk to you later. <gasps> Bye. Bye.